Clear is a faster way into Capital One Arena. Download the free Clear app to beat the crowds on game day. Enter through the Clear Lane at the 7th and G Street entrance across from Clyde's. Second line was good tonight. Mantha leading all shot getters, but in the end, it's not good enough. Two seconds becomes one. The Bruins dump it out of their own zone. And the Bruins win on opening night here in Washington. A 5-2 final over the Capitals here at Capital One Arena. This is Caps This Morning with John Walton and Ben Raby on Caps Radio 24-7. The Bruins spoil the party on opening night. Ben's conversation with Charlie Lindgren, he's expected to start tonight. And our team previews continue today with the New York Islanders. Brendan Burke from Islanders TV will join us. Good morning, everybody. It is Thursday, October 13th. Welcome to Caps This Morning here on Caps Radio 24-7, presented by Clear, the faster way into Capital One Arena. Good morning from north of the border, everybody. The Capitals traveling party here in Toronto. The Caps and the Maple Leafs set to go tonight at 7.30. Last night at Capital One Arena, Anthony Mantha with a goal in the second period. And the Capitals also got one from Connor Sherry, but end up falling to the Boston Bruins last night by a final score of 5-2. to two. Capitals would get 35 shots on net to the Bruins' 30, but Darcy Kemper takes the loss in his first game in a Washington uniform, ends up making 25 saves on 29 shots, a goal into the empty net, making it a little more lopsided. So the Capitals starting the season at 0-1 and now facing the Maple Leafs tonight in their home opener. Before we departed for the Great White North, Ben got a chance to chat with Charlie Lindgren, expected to be tonight's starting goaltender. It will be his first appearance in a Capitals uniform. I've uh, been here a month now. I think I've, I've put in some really good work. Uh, I've learned a lot from Scotty and, and Kemps, and so I'm uh, feeling really good going into the year here, so I'm really excited. What are you looking forward to as well with this opportunity, signing a multi-year deal, a one-way contract, and seem to have an opportunity to settle in here? Yeah, I mean, there's no question. It's certainly a really good opportunity for myself. You know, I've definitely worked hard to, to get to this point, and like I said, I mean, I'm just uh, I'm just flat out excited to play and, and be around these guys. It's a great group of guys here. We've got a great locker room, great staff, and so, uh, yeah, I can't wait to get started. You feel good at this stage of your career as well, coming off a successful year last year between St. Louis, the Cameo, and a strong finish to your AHL campaign in Springfield as well. Yeah, I mean, after last year, I think I, you know, I'm carrying a lot of momentum going into this year. I had a great year last year in Springfield and St. Louis, and feeling really good about my game. And you know, I think I'm, I'm just entering the prime here. So, yeah, I couldn't feel, I couldn't feel any better physically and mentally. And you know, I think it's going to set myself up pretty good for the year. You look forward to as well with this opportunity, a team that has aspirations of postseason success, a team that has done it in years past. What do you look forward to about this group specifically? Well, it's just a really good team. I mean, uh, you look at the success that these guys have had the last 15, 20 years. I mean, it's always it's always been a playoff team, and, and certainly you can see it in practice uh, why that is. I mean, uh, the talent. Uh, there's a ton of talent here. There's a lot of really good, really good leaders. There's just, uh, it's a, it's a great group. Like I said, I mean, we got uh, certainly more than four lines that can go, and you know, we got depth at defense, and and then you know, Kemp's is, uh, he's, he just won the Stanley Cup last mm-hmm. year, so uh, he carries a ton of experience, and so you know, certainly I think uh, our goals are high, and the standards, uh, we certainly got really high, high standards for ourselves, and so now yeah, we're looking to meet those, but it's a day by day process. 
big picture question background how did you become a goalie my dad was a goalie so um that's kind of the connection there so he was really good so he played um he, he, he ended up going division one playing at michigan for uh, uh for a year but um yeah i mean it's funny uh, being back in minnesota it's i'm around some guys that my my dad played hockey with and everyone said he was one heck of a goalie so he played over overseas for uh, a couple tournaments played against Dominic Hasek and wow. so yeah he was uh what I've heard he was a, a really good goalie so. so does he does he does he advise you as you've continued your career or does he keep a distance how does that work uh you know when I was 10 11 12 13 that's kind of when he had most influence just uh teaching me kind of the basics and teaching me how to skate and and all that stuff but as I've gotten older and, and more experienced, I think he kind of likes to, to play the more uh, hands-off approach, and you know he's just more of a he's just more of a cheerleader now. And I think uh, yeah, he's just happy to watch me, and you know he's always the, the first first call after a game. And when I turned 24, he he sold his landscaping business, but he was always my game day call. Um, now he drives UPS, so now it's a little bit hard because he's busy. But yeah, game days he was always my call, and he's my first call after a game. So. Now it makes sense because I was under the impression that it's always the youngest brother who ends up being the goalie, but in your case, it's the opposite. You came by it honestly. Opposite, yeah. So I got two brothers. So I'm the oldest. I chose goalie. My middle brother chose goalie, and then Ryan chose defense. So you needed a shooter. I needed a shooter, yeah. <laughs> but you know, I didn't even let Ryan shoot on me just because I was so, uh, yeah, I was so worried about him scoring on me. Then of course he could make fun of me. So I didn't let him uh, start shooting on me until he was like 19, 20 years old, just because I didn't want skate with them and have them score on me. Funny, final thing here, opening night in Toronto, that's a big stage, a whole lot of pregame pomp and circumstance. You look forward to that stage, that opportunity to get your season started in that environment again with this team. Of course, yeah, I think it's uh, certainly a fun environment. You know, I played up in Montreal for five years, so I know what that environment's like. I've, I've played against the Leafs two or three times in my career already, so yeah, I mean, obviously it's going to be a uh, it's going to be crazy. Uh, it's no secret Canada and Toronto loves their hockey. So I would imagine it's probably going to be a sold out barn up there. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to the opportunity and um, should be a lot of fun. Awesome. Charlie, thank you so much. Good luck with the start of your season. Thank you. Thanks a lot. All right, our thanks for Ben Raby's conversation with Charlie Lindgren this morning. The team previews that we had for you all through training camp. One more to tack on here this morning. The New York Islanders are opening up their season tonight, and their television voice, Brendan Burke, who of course you see on TNT as well, he caught up with me last night at Capital One Arena to talk about the Islanders and their season upcoming that starts tonight. All right, well, a good opportunity with Brendan Burke in town. We've been doing the team previews, and it seems like a good time to do the Islanders. Islanders are opening up their season, too. This guy going to be in the call on MSG TV. Uh, Brendan Burke joining us here. Uh, sir, uh, how are you, first of all? You had a very eventful summer calling Yankees, Mets. Did I miss anybody? No, that, that was it. I, I wound up giving up my lacrosse duties this summer, and I found some baseball to do, which was fun. It was a lot of fun. Your dad was a sports writer for the Yankees, and you're a New York guy. Like, how thrilling is it for you? I mean, not just be working at home for the Islanders, but the opportunity to do some of the things you've done in the New York area, that's pretty special. Yeah, so when I was a nine-year-old kid, I would go with my dad to work and get to see the business side of broadcasting for the first time. And really, I wound up deciding I want to be a broadcaster after sitting between the Yankee radio broadcasters. John Sterling and Michael Kay were together at the time on radio. They're now the two play-by-play -play guys on radio and TV. So to really come and sit in the chair that inspired me to do this as a profession was a really, really cool moment. 
It's a really cool thing. I want to talk to you a little bit about the Islanders. We've been talking about all the teams in the division here on the show. This was a relatively quiet offseason. There was all the Nazem Kadri talk there for a while, never materialized. And this is pretty much a run-it-back situation for the Islanders going into the opener tonight. Yeah, the, the main change and perhaps the biggest change they possibly could have made was the head coach. And that's really the only thing they changed. So Barry Trotz out, Lane Lambert in as the head coach, and the only real player that they added to the roster was Alex Romanov. Traded a first-round pick to Montreal to bring in Romanov to pair with Noah Dobson, who those two, if they can develop some chemistry, could be a really, really good pair for this team. But they're betting on last year being a fluke more than the two previous years being a fluke, right? One of these has to be wrong. So the Islanders went to back-to-back conference finals, then they missed the playoffs in a season where they had opened a new building, they started the year on a 13-game road trip, they were decimated by COVID, and really they were buried by Thanksgiving and couldn't really dig out of it. So uh, they're betting on the team that was good enough to make it to back-to-back conference finals will be good enough to make it back to the playoffs this year. Two of our favorite people in these parts, Barry Trotz, of course, who won in 18, and Lane Lambert, who was a big part of the Capitals Radio Network postgame for a while, and a great interview and a great guy. I wouldn't think stylistically, just knowing what I know about those guys, I don't think there's going to be great radical change in their stylings behind the bench. I mean, they pretty much did in Nashville what they did in Washington and what we saw with the Islanders. Yeah, it'll be intriguing to see because uh, there will be some changes, and it's a different person. I think Lane Lambert wants to make sure everybody knows that, yes, he spent a lot of time with Barry Trotz. He was his right-hand man for the better part of a decade. But he's his own man and he's his own coach and has his own ideas. So I think there will be some really good things that he carries over from Barry Trotz. And we'll see what the differences are. Obviously, Islander fans and statistics would tell you they need to generate more offense. Somehow they need to get more offense. And much like so many teams and coaches around the league, they're trying to get more offense out of the defense, just like the Boston Bruins are against the Washington Capitals. That's what they hired Jim Montgomery for. I think Lane Lambert wants to see some of that. I think Noah Dobson can certainly bring that. Ryan Pollock has that. He lost it somewhere along the way the last couple of seasons. I think he can get back to that. So I think maybe opened up a little bit more than the ultra-conservative Barry Trotz type system but again it, it remains to be seen I, I can't wait to see what Lane Lambert's Islanders look like compared with Barry Trotz's Islanders because we just don't know at this point maybe the biggest strength of the team and certainly one of the best goaltending cores in this division Ilya Sorokin certainly the number one and got one heck of a backup if that is indeed the case and Simeon Varlamov strength in goal and we were talking to Connor McGahey on the show during training camp and said, you know, there's when you have the strength and go, when you've got that number two guy like the Avalanche did last year to be able to step in like Pavel Francouz, this is better than that for the Islanders, I think. When you've got a Simeon Varlamov and Sorokin coming into his own, goaltending certainly one of the best in the division, if not one of the best in the conference. Yeah, I think Sorokin is a guy that maybe not everybody has heard of or understands how good he is. I mean, he is... He has the makings to be a top-five NHL goalie if he's not already. And the Islanders are fortunate enough to have Simeon Varlamov, who two years ago was getting Vezina votes. They think he finished fifth in the Vezina. Last year, Sorokin got Vezina votes. I mean, these are two Vezina-caliber goalies. And really, at the deadline last year, everybody thought maybe Lou Lemerell is going to move Varlamov. Sorokin has certainly shown that he can be a number one guy in this league and he can play 55 games and be that guy. And I think Lou Lamorello said exactly what you're talking about with Colorado. You need the one-two. You can't sacrifice your number two goalie for a little more offense. You need two goalies that you can rely on because if a 
injury happens, if a stick comes through a mask during the playoffs and Darcy Kemper can't go, that team can still win a Stanley Cup. And I think that for the Islanders, they're in that same boat where they feel perfectly comfortable if one goes down or if nobody goes down, that they can make it more of an even split and keep everybody fresh and everybody firing on all cylinders. That's the way this team's going to win because they're built on defense and goaltending. Brendan, we appreciate seeing you this early in the season. We can thank TNT for that. Thanks so much for joining us, and uh, we'll see you down the road. Thank you. Happy to be here for Capitals opening night. Our thanks to Brendan Berg for joining us this morning. It's the Capitals and the Maple Leafs right here in Toronto tonight at Scotiabank Arena. Airtime 7.15 on 106.7 A Fan, 1500 AM, and CapsRadio247.com. Have a great Thursday, everybody. For the latest on the Capitals and hockey news around the clock. Let's go, Caps! Tune in to Caps Radio 24-7. Listen online via the Capitals mobile app at CapsRadio247.com. Or ask Alexa to play Caps Radio 24-7 on TuneIn.